I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise, the streaming media broadcast that equips, encourages, and empowers you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. And we're continuing our series on prophetic words for 2023. I hope you've been able to catch every single installment. If not, I'll put the links to all the other shows and all the other words right there in the description for this so you can go back and listen. But here's what's been really great. I'm not surprised, but I love when God does this because, you know, we're a body. We all hear in part, but what's been really cool is as we've heard all these different words, there's such a consistent theme. And it's something we've been talking about here at Heroes Arise for the last year, that 2023 is really the year to step into it. Let's get real. We are at war. There's a war of light versus darkness. War does not mean the enemy's winning. War does not mean we need to be afraid or take on a victim mentality, the exact opposite is what we need to do. We need to remember we have the victory in Christ and then execute and legislate that victory. Because when we see the darkness, and yes, it's everywhere, it's abounding, darkness in the earth, deep darkness on the people, but we're here to deal with that darkness. We're God's dominion stewards. That doesn't mean he's not involved. It means he's sovereign and his sovereign plan since day six was to have you here now to deal with the darkness. We're being presented with one of the greatest, most historic and epic opportunities to see the kingdom advance and light shatter darkness. And as we always say, you've got a role to play. And my guest this week, she's going to be sharing a dream and eight strategies God revealed to her for us to be walking in to not only inhabit the victory for ourselves, but this is how we're going to see the kingdom come, not just to us, but through us. And 2023 is going to be a year of breakthrough, a year of victory, and a year of God using you to advance his kingdom in notable and remarkable ways. And these strategies are going to help you do that. But just before I bring her on and she shares those strategies that God has revealed to her, two quick announcements. First of all, don't forget to get your copy of Realms of Power. Get your year off, get 2023 off to a powerful start by tapping in to these dimensions of Holy Spirit power that God outlined in this book that he gave me, Realms of Power. Good news, Amazon sold out a second time, but I just checked and they've restocked so you can go back to Amazon and get your copy. The other thing I want to make sure you know, we talk about it every week, but I'm never going to hesitate to remind you because you're our marketing department. And when you leave a five-star review for our videos and you like, share, and subscribe, and you leave a five-star review for the Heroes Arise podcast, that triggers the algorithm. That helps do something that, honestly, I don't understand, but I know it does it, and it gets the podcast, it gets the vidcast out in front of more eyes and more ears so we can help more heroes like you arise. So like, share, subscribe this video. Share the whole series on Prophetic Words for 2023 so others can be aware, like you, of what's coming, what the enemy's plans are, and how God is going to equip you to subvert those plans. And do the same thing with the Heroes Arise podcast. And of course, when you do that, you get entered in to our drawing for the giveaways of our Robert Hodgkin Ministries You Are Powerful mugs. So every time you take a sip of your coffee, tea, or water, or whatever, you are reminded of the truth of Acts 1-8, that you are powerful. All right, let me bring in my dear friend, Cindy Stewart. Cindy, how are you? 
Hey, I'm doing great, Robert. I'm so glad to be here and excited to share what I have to share. And I loved your book, Realms of Power. It was amazing. Awesome. So I encourage everyone, go out, get it, read it. It will not only encourage you, but it equips you for the new season that God has for all of us. That's really it. And it is it is a new season and it's an exciting season. And I'm really glad that you're here to share what God shared with you, Cindy, because it's easy for us to say this is a, a new season. It is. It's easy for us to say this is an exciting season. It is. But as so often the case in the kingdom is excitement means that the kingdom is advancing. And what is that? Jesus teaches it so clearly in Matthew 16. The kingdom advance. Why? Because the gates of hell shall not prevail because we're breaking through those strongholds of the enemy. And that's what the darkness in the earth is. It's our awareness of where the enemy has a temporary stronghold or a temporary fortification. And we're here to partner with God in his authority, by his power, to his glory, to see those gates smashed. But that means it's warfare. That means there's some resistance. That means there's some challenges. And we have to always remember we have the victory. And it's one of the things I love about you and your ministry, whether you're prophesying, whether you're preaching, whether you're doing all the media that you do, you are one of those mighty ones that understand no matter what we're facing, we have the victory and we're here to advance in that victory. And recently God gave you a dream. And in that dream, he gave you eight strategies for how we can stand in that victory and advance in that victory in 2023. Would you mind starting? I want to hear all the strategies, but I'd love for you to start and share the dream and how God unpacked it for you. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting. I was away at a leadership conference and I was one of the speakers and I had a dream. And honestly, it so unnerved me because it's not a typical dream that I get. I get lots of dreams, but they're not normally warning dreams. They're normally prophetic future dreams. So I had this dream and I was behind this fortified wall and I had a baby in my arms and there was a, there were snipers and they were shooting at us. And what's interesting about snipers is you don't see them. They're hidden. And so the fire that's coming against you is coming out of places that are unexpected. And that's really part of this whole dream. So I'm getting shot at and I'm thinking, what is going on as I'm hiding behind this wall and I actually get hit, but I don't die. And it, in the dream, it was about, you know, God was kind of telling me, actually, let me tell you two things. First, I was so unnerved. One of the speakers that was with me, I texted her and I said, I've got to get out of my room and I've got to go get a Starbucks. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, don't text me. We just had to go get a coffee. And she prayed over me because the dream was so real that I needed some partnership in kind of breaking off the trauma of it. And there were two things about the dream. First of, I was isolated and being shot at in directions I couldn't see. So the enemy wants to isolate you and think that you're all by yourself while he's taking shots at you. The other part was the baby he showed me, the Lord showed me, was my new assignment. And I'm trying to protect my new assignment while these shots are being fired at me. So that was kind of the uh, encompassment of the dream. And then God gave me these eight strategies because he told me that the enemy is trying to isolate us shoot at us from hidden directions,
emotions and disarm us so that we're not able to move forward in the new assignment that he has for us. So it's a pretty powerful strategy that God's given me to share with you guys today. Well, and I find it interesting. I just made this connection now because I read through the word that you sent. And I know our friend Steve Schultz put it out on the Elijah list. Um, Mm -hmm. But it just struck me now that I hadn't put the two things together, that you were holding the baby and that was the new assignment. But God gave you eight strategies and eight is the number for the new thing. So I really feel like even in the midst of the challenge of the dream, the, uh, the, the, the seriousness of the dream, God is saying, look, 2023 is a year of new, new assignments, new levels, new mandates, new ability, new power that we're going to move in. And if we'll grab hold of these eight strategies and 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 live in them and live from them, maybe is a better way to say that, we're going to see those new things. We've been crying out, God, do exceedingly abundantly beyond our ability to ask, think, or comprehend. God, do the new thing. Well, I want everybody to catch that as Cindy shares this, God's promises, this is how we're going to step into that new you've been crying out for. So let's just let's just go through them one at a time, Cindy. Um, number one strategy that God gave you was identity, a foundational tactic. Talk to us about that. Yeah. And what we have to understand is our identity is part of God's family. So everything we do is we are uh, sons and daughters of the Most High God. We reign with God. We're co-heirs. We are part of God's family business. And uh, one of the keys here is we have to understand everything we do on earth is part of the Father's business. So we are actually running his business for him on earth as it is in heaven. And he's reminding us that the enemy is trying to steal our identity. And we're seeing that all over, you know, the world where we're having gender issues, we're having identity issues, and it's just continuing to increase where there's chaos and confusion over who we are. And part of the strategy is, is for us to remember to declare who we are. And this one scripture I want to share with you. It's uh, out of uh, John 17, 23. It says, you live fully in me. This is Jesus talking and I fully in, in them. So Jesus is talking to the father and he's saying that, father, you live in me. I live in you and we live in them. So our identity is the father and the son, not only in the heavenly realm, but within us. And the enemy is trying to keep us thinking that we're alone and by ourselves, and that God's not there for us and we're isolated. But really, our identity is in Christ. And when the father sees Jesus, he sees us in him. So understanding that we are fully embraced and encased in the presence of the Lord. And that's one of the strategies that we keep declaring over us that we are fully encased in the presence of Jesus. You know, one of the things we say on the show a lot, Cindy, is from the revelation of identity comes the realization of opportunity. And that's really what you're talking about here. But I liked the one of the things you said that I think adds so powerfully to it is we're here to be about our father's business. We always say we're dominion stewards in the earth. But when you said that, it made me think of 12-year-old Jesus saying, did you not know I would be about my father's business? And so wherever we are in our growing up maturity in the Lord, if we're in Christ, we're to be about our father's business. 
And what I'm getting from this first strategy, this first key, as it were, is this is a year to not hold back, sit back, be on the sidelines, check out. It's a time to check in, check in with God, not just who you are and who he is, but what is your assignment in that? Because the safe place in God is on the front lines. The safe place in God is to be engaged. The safe place in God is to know who he is, who you are, and how he's empowered you. We had a word last year about um, how God was bringing us into a season of burning bush encounters. I won't go into the whole thing, but he, when he had me do the study on Exodus 3, one of the things he clearly showed me, it doesn't matter whether you've been on the sideline, whether you've been on the backside of nowhere, whether you blew it, whether the enemy took you out for a season. It was a time to meet with God so we could remind you, because this is what happens at the burning bush. God reminds Moses who God is. God reminds Moses who Moses is, and then God supernaturally empowers Moses to walk in it. No matter what's come before, the I am of God shows up. The present tense now of God says everything I've called you to, I've given you, is as present tense as ever because I'm as present tense as ever. Let's go get this thing done. And that's what I'm hearing in this first strategy about identity, and it's a foundational tactic. When God sent Jesus out on our behalf to advance the kingdom in the earth, he, he did it with a declaration of identity. Behold, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And when the enemy attacked or, 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 or tempted, when Holy Spirit led Jesus out into a battle, against the enemy on our behalf in the desert the enemy attacked identity if you are a son if you are a son if you are a son jesus's answer man does on the first temptation man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the father's mouth the depth of that really is when we remember what words it proceeded from the father's mouth just before that 40 days before you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Those were the words that had proceeded from the father's mouth. So in the midst of a battle after 40 days without food and water, coming against these three temptations of the enemy on our behalf, Jesus's foundation was the declaration of no matter what you go into, no matter what I lead you into, you are my beloved son. I am fully pleased in you. I launch you out from identity so you don't have to do anything or ever be concerned about identity and we jesus declares in what is it john 17 as he was sent so are we sent and yes that means in power but even more it means in this revelation of foundational identity so that when we hit resistance we don't think god where'd you go why aren't you there for me we know god is there god cares we know who he is we know who we are and we know we've been supernaturally empowered to deal with it it's true. And, you know, when we think about it, sometimes we think, well, I hate my job or I don't want to be here or I don't want to be there. But while we're in a situation, our job technically is to bring the father's business, the father's presence into that role. So even if I'm in a job and we both had jobs that we haven't loved. I mean, that just happens. Right. And when we're in a position where we don't love it and we have a passion to do something in the future, we want to be out of this into something else until God moves us and opens that door of opportunity. We have to pour out our very best in our identity in him. So he is displayed in everything we do. It's just like Daniel. He was of excellent spirit. And so everything he did was of excellence and he was sought after and promoted. Every time he was attacked, he became the victor over that and he was promoted. 
So if we pour out the very best of God, the very excellence, even if we hate going in, if we can say, you know, I'm about my father's business today. So when I enter in the doors of this office or this store that I work at or whatever it is, we bring the excellence of the father in there. Favor will open up. Doors will be made available to us and God will move us to our next position because we stewarded that position well and displayed him well. And I think that's a key that we've got to learn. Our attitude has to be the attitude of Christ. That yes. no matter what we're facing, we're going to display the utmost excellence of the Father and bring in the spiritual realm, the atmosphere shifting, and that alone defeats the enemy before us. Yes, absolutely. All right, so strategy number one for 2023, identity, a foundational tactic. Strategy number two that God gave you, tactical positioning. Unpack that for us. Well, we have to understand that we are bilocational. We are located in heavenly realms, which it says in Ephesians, it says in uh, uh, Colossians, in the spirit, our spirit is in Christ. We are hidden in Christ. That's what it says. While we physically live on this earth. So our perspective is not from the earth looking up. It's from heaven looking down. So when we need an answer, our answer is available to us because we live in the realm where the answer is. So positionally, we have to understand we are tactically positioned to win because we are within the realm of the answers in front of us. So if we're living in a heavenly realm, then everything we need is provided for us. And that's what the word says. So I am living out of heaven while physically on this earth. So everything that heaven has to offer, I have full access to it. In uh, 1 Corinthians 2, it says that the spirit searches the deep things of God and reveals it to us. <laughs> so whatever answer we need, it is within our reach. And we have to learn how to understand the position that we're in in order for us to have the strategy and the tactical uh, war strategy that we need to advance. You know, spiritual warfare has shifted. 20 years ago, spiritual warfare was a lot different than it is now. God has given us a strategy of warfare that doesn't, it's not hand-to-hand -hand combat. Right. It's the spiritual realm brought into the earthly process so that we can have victory in a much more, um, a stronger place. You know, before, and I can tell you this, you know, 25 years ago, before the war was fought in a lot of uh, screaming and battling and all those kind of things. Now it's fought from the presence of Jesus in the power of the word and the, the position that we're in. Yeah, I really think he's doing something to help us have, well, one of the words God gave me for 2023, Cindy, was the 2023 is the year of focus and perspective. And the more we maintain a heavenly focus or a, fo sorry, a focus on 
what we have in Christ, the more we'll have that perspective of the heavenly victory. We'll know it's ours and we'll see things. I've talked to so many people in the last couple of weeks that have reached out to me and say, I'm under attack here. I'm under attack there. And the biggest thing I do with them is I break the victim mentality off of them. Yes. And yes, even if they're even if they want, because one guy was sharing with me, I'm having demons actually attacking me. And you're one of the few people I feel I can talk to because I know I sound crazy. But here's what's happening. I said, you don't sound crazy. This stuff happens. But the big thing you've got to shift is you keep saying the demons are attacking you. I am telling you, you are attacking the demons and that you have to have that mentality is they're not coming coming against you they're pushing back because you're coming against them you're believing for something you're standing for something you have to get rid of this victim mentality you said no 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 but they're doing this they're doing this and i get that and i'm not saying it's not real i'm not saying it's not serious but i am telling you the place of victory is to understand that they're stirred up because you are doing something in the spirit that you may not even be fully aware of in what you've set your sights on on promises you're believing for in what you want to see of the kingdom come and they're trying to give you this victim mentality because that means you've taken off the victor's crown and start declaring that you are coming against them and they must bow get you know because otherwise we're on the balls of our feet we're back and i mean again so many people have preached on this but jesus's promises the gates of hell shall not prevail that's an offensive strategy why because we're never on the defense because we have the victory the enemy loves to lie to us and tell us Oh, man, I am beating you up. I'm, I am winning. Look at what's happening here. Look at your finances. Look at your prodigals. Look at your marriage. Look at your this. Look at your that. I'm winning. No, he's already defeated. And yeah. I get that it can be challenging. I mean, we in our family, we've gone through one thing after another from 2022. But we declared in 2023, it's the year of victory. It's the year of triumph. It's the year of spoils. We're maintaining that focus and that perspective no matter what. That doesn't mean there aren't battles, but it means we are advancing against hell in those battles no matter what the enemy tries. So I really like this tactical positioning because what the enemy wants is for us to take on a victim mentality because it's, I think, First Peter 5, 8 in my old 96 New Living Translation. That's my favorite, Cindy. It says the enemy roams about like a lion looking for a victim to devour. All the other translations say looking for someone. But I like the 96 New Living because it's looking for a victim. And the challenge is we tend to think if the enemy attacks, oh, the enemy's attacking victim. No, it doesn't say that. It says he'll devour those who take on the victim mentality in the attack. So we have to stand in that position of victory, that revelation of victory in Christ, no matter what's happening, so that we operate from the victory and see that kingdom advancing. The enemy is always counterpunching, whether we're aware of it or not. We're never on the defensive. Yeah, I so agree. And I think you're right. I've never heard of that Peter in that phraseology and the victim mentality. And I do think that sometimes we feel like when there's attack, there's helpless, we're helpless. Yes. And we have all the power that we need not to be helpless. And I, one of the keys is exactly what that gentleman did. He reached out to someone who knew would help him stand. You know, we're not islands. We have to stand together. And when, you know, when this happened, like I said, I said, I need for you to pray over me because it's such yes. a powerful, strong dream. I don't want to try to build a narrative in what I'm feeling. I need some strength beside me so I can hear what God wants to say about it. 
Right on. All right, let's go. So uh, number one, again, identity, a foundational tactic. Number two, tactical positioning. Number three, oh, and I love this one, strategic sewing. And I've heard this from so many people the last few weeks. So unpack strategic sewing for us. You know, we don't understand the power of sewing. We have so uh, misrepresented what money is to God. And it's so interesting when we really understand this, the power of sewing. I, I do business consulting and I have a client that when he is looking for a new employee, he always sews for a new employee. And he makes a strategic list of what he wants in that employee so that when he sews, there's an agreement with what he's looking for so that when we hire them, I help them do their hiring, he's able to get what he's looking for. And the power of sowing is sowing in a good seed that can be harvested for what we're needing to do. And even in the time of, you know, we're talking about economic issues in our era, but God does not have an economic issue for us. We have an economic issue if we don't agree with what God wants to provide for us. And we have seen the sowing for houses in a market where you can't get a house. We live in Florida and the market's very tight here, like it is in Arizona. We've seen people getting houses that couldn't get houses. We've seen jobs, promotions, raises, all these different things. And it's not just financial sowing. We can sow into... Um, uh, our family being restored. We can sow into whatever we sow into in agreement with the word of God, just like Isaac did in Genesis 26. And that is my, it's kind of like my bread and butter scripture because we had a business, it's been probably 25 years ago, that was going under. The economics had changed. It was going under. And God just kept reminding me, Genesis 26, it mm -hmm. says that Isaac sowed in a time of famine and reaped a hundredfold. Mm. And we began sewing and we ended up closing that business with over $130,000 in debt. But within six months, we had every penny paid off. Not because someone handed us a check, because God gave us a strategy of how to do it. And our other business increased and we paid off the debt that we had. So there's no debt. There's nothing too big in this realm that you can't sew into and see a breakthrough from God. I mean, I'm just telling you, this is one of the most powerful strategies that God has shown me in this season is the power of sowing. Well, my goodness, what an incredible promise when we're told whatever we sow, we will reap. Not might, not could, will. That's one of the biggest opportunities we're presented in all of scripture. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. So what do you need? Don't you? Know, and, and again, I get it. The need arises and it looks like lack. It looks like dearth. It looks like something's not there. But when we look to Christ, when we remember not only everything we need according to life and godliness is ours in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say we'll see it. It says we have it. So when we choose to believe that and then not only choose to believe that, but then use the tools God has given us, sowing being a huge one, then all of a sudden it's like, I mean, you, you nailed it. Whatever we need, sow into that. And so I really want to encourage everybody, this is one of the biggest, most powerful tools, weapons, and strategies God has given us. What a promise. Whatever you sow, you will 
reap. And there's been tons of great teaching on sowing and reaping. We don't need to go into it now. But hear this, that in 2023, one of the main strategies is to get past all the lies, all the, the twisting of the enemy in this area, and believe the simple word of God. Whatever you sow, you will reap. So sow strategically. And in those areas where it looks like you don't have it, that's the opportunity. We have a saying in our ministry, Cindy, if it doesn't meet the need, it's seed. So, yes. you know, when we were building our studio and we knew we needed about a million dollars, we had, I, I don't know, I think we had about $17,000 at our building fund. And so I learned this, that that because I looked at that and said, well, that's not enough. But I was taught, well, if it doesn't meet the need, it's seed. So let's start looking at where we can sow strategically into media ministries, into burgeoning media ministries that are good ground, that are that are that are serving the world through media or will serve them. and we did this for about a year and a half and then within three years we had our studio it was built and it was built debt free but we got very strategic about sewing because this works so number three strategic sewing all right let's go to number four cindy your number four strategy god gave you was a tactical redirect what does that mean it just means, you know, so many times we jump into a fight that's not ours. And there are times where there is a, a fight in front of us and we have to ask the Lord, Lord, am I called to this fight or do I need to move on? And one of the greatest uh, examples is also in Genesis. And it talks about Isaac redigging the wells of his father, Abraham. And every time he went to redig the wells, he was met with a battle. And when he went to the first one, he was met with a battle and he left it alone and moved on to the next well. When he went to that next well, he was met with a battle and he knew that battle wasn't for him. So he moved on. But when he went to the third well, he found room. You know, it's called Rehoboth. God makes room for us. And when we know where we're supposed to stake a ground and where we're supposed to let go and move on, then, then we're able to have the room to grow where God has us. So many times we hold on to a season that is not ours to hold on to. And the one thing that I have found, Robert, in this season of new, and God had given me the word out of Isaiah that says, I'm doing a new thing. And he said, people are going to hear that word and they're going to discount it. Because they're going to say, oh, that was 20 years ago when I heard that word. And it was a rhema word for me. But the word of the Lord is never dead. It's mm -hmm. always alive. And so many times we try to hold on to last season's manna when he's trying to move us into a new harvest of produce, of production, of people, of business. And we can't let go of the past in order to move for the future. So we, there's no room for us to grow because we're still trying to be at the church we were at 20 years ago or at the relationship that we had 10 years ago that fell apart or whatever it is. We've got to let go of those things and say, God, is there still manna it where I am or do I need to move on, cross over the Jordan into the land of milk and honey that this season is bringing for me? Mm -hmm. We've, I'm telling you guys, if you don't get together with God and figure out where you are in this season, then you'll never move into the milk and honey. 
this year's calendar, usually I'm a very strategic person. For 2023, the Lord said, do not write anything on your calendar. Leave it empty because there's something new that mm. isn't here yet. And if you fill your calendar with what is your normal, you won't have room for this new thing. Wow. So I've got a calendar that has like three things on it for 2023. Normally it's pretty full, but God said, don't just let it be blank until we move into this new season. You know, that's it's such an encouragement for me. One of the prophetic words I released for 2023 was the Lord spoke to me and said, it's time to clear the clutter and the clatter to make room for the new that you don't know is coming. So you yeah. just declared exactly what he spoke to me. And I released a couple weeks ago as part of our series for uh, prophetic words for 2023. I'm loving how God is confirming and reaffirming yes. so many things. I know for me, one of the tactical redirects God gave me months ago, well, gosh, way more than months ago, years ago now, I have to realize, in the 2020 election, one day, Yuri was coming up the stairs, and I was in the bedroom, and I was actually yelling at my phone, and she's like, what are you doing? And I told her, I was like, well, I just saw this headline, and it was, uh. she said, you need, to, you need to turn your news app off. You don't even sound like you. And, you know, basically she said, the enemy's getting you caught up in all this frustration and anger and taking you out of your effective place. Your best place is to plug into God, hear what he has to say, and then decree it and declare it and take care of business in the spirit. And I looked at her and said, you're right. I immediately deleted all the news apps off my phone for an extended season. I would meet with the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want to decree and declare into my nation right now? And it was that tactical redirect. And it gave me so much more peace, so much more of remembering who he is, remembering who I am. And my, Yuri always says, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane. And that doesn't mean go into the new, because God will bring us into new lanes, but then we operate in that lane. She was simply saying, why are you letting headlines of what wicked politicians are doing in our nation get you so upset that you're doing exactly what you tell people not to do. You can't fight darkness with more darkness. And I just went, oh my gosh, I need it. I didn't know the term then, but I need a tactical redirect. Yeah, it's so good too, because God, if you're busy working in an area that's no longer your assignment, then you can't grab a hold of the new assignment God has for you because you're missing the little nudges, the little uh, calling by the Holy Spirit because you're so focused on what's yesterday. And what's yesterday may be comfortable, even if it's irritating, it may be comfortable, but it'll never bring you breakthrough for tomorrow if you stay in yesterday. God's wow. to me this year is you stay in the present, I'll take care of the future, and the past is already gone. And that's what Philippians said, Paul says, you know, I am pressing on. I'm pressing on. I'm not staying where I am. I'm not wringing my hands over what just happened. I am pressing on to the goal that Christ has for me. And God wants us to press on, even if it means for a moment, we don't know what to do. And wow. it's hard not to know what to do. Yeah. Especially being driven people, right, Robert? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> yes. But you know, it's always that invitation to intimacy, which is where everything comes from. So, all right. Um, number five, engaging the word, not just reading the word, not just, but you said engaging the word is what you wrote as strategy number five when I saw this on the Elijah list. What is that, Cindy? Engaging the word. The word of God is a weapon. 
it says the word, it says it is a two-edged sword. It is a weapon. And we have got to engage the word. Uh, Job uh, 2.28 says, if we declare a thing, it is established for us. And it's not declaring it in our thoughts. It's not like reading through the word. It's like saying it out loud. Lord, I declare that no weapon formed against me will prosper. I declare Isaiah 59, 20, uh, one's one of my favorite scriptures, that if I follow you, then my children and my children's children will follow you too. That's how we battle. We battle with the word of God, but it has to be spoken out into the atmosphere. It has to be shouted and not necessarily shouted at the top of your right. lungs, but we say the word, heaven has to respond to the word of God being released. We know that, right? So we know that there are angelic hosts. We're going to see so much more testimonies about the angelic yes. engagements, so much more of that. But when we say the word, heaven has to respond. The Lord says that he is looking to perform his word. When we declare his word, there is a performance from heaven to the word we have declared. And we have got to understand that the word is not something that someone reads to us on Sunday morning. It's every day. I read the word and I learned this from Bill Johnson from Bethel. I read the word until the word speaks. Mm. I may read a sentence, I may read three chapters, but I do not let go of the word till it begins speaking. And then I begin to declare what the word speaks to me because that's how the Holy Spirit works. He wants us to consume the word. So we are the living word as we go. So what comes out of us is the word. We have to eat it. We have to consume it. We have to say it. The more ways I write it, as soon as the word begins speaking, I begin writing it. Then I say it. That's the only way to really disarm the enemy. Because what did Jesus use? Like you were talking about in the desert. Yeah. Use the word against the enemies yes. toward him. Amen. You know, Jesus is the word made flesh and is the body of Christ. We're to give flesh to the word. We're to, we're to exactly you said to decree and declare the word because I mean, one of my favorite uh, promises in all of scripture is Isaiah 55, 11, where God says his word does not return void. It, 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 it accomplishes everything it's sent to do. It always bears fruit. He doesn't say it always looks and feels that way, but we can lean into that knowing when we unsheath the sword of the spirit, the word of God, something is happening. So I love that. Number five, engaging the word. Number six. Can I say one other thing? Oh, about absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. When we engage the word and speak the word, we have to let God manifest the word the way it is his best for us. Mm. So many times we speak the word and we have an expectation, a preconceived notion of how that word's going to return. And what happens is we begin blocking the move of God because if it doesn't look a certain way, we won't receive it. So we need to release the word and trust that God will manifest that word according to his best for us in this season. So we got to let go of trying to help God control God in how he's going to respond to us. Yeah. We always say expect God, but don't expect your expectations of God more than you expect God. That's so I right. like that. I like that. All right. Number five was engaging the six strategic tactic of worship. Uh, 
Oh, yes. I'm so sorry. I lost my place. Yes. Well, we know that worship is warfare right there. It, right. it is warfare. And when we worship the Lord, what happens is everything in us begins to align with heaven. It, it begins to align with the heart of God. So when we worship the enemy, it's almost like it puts a barrier around us. The enemy has a hard time breaking through the barrier yeah. of worship. He has a hard time getting our attention because the worship encompasses heaven. It encompasses the, the angelic word. It encompasses everything. So when we enter into worship, it almost it's like putting a force field around us that mm. blocks the enemy's uh, uh, ability to get at us. You know what's interesting? We had a service a couple of months ago and this is the first time ever, but we had an actual demonic force show up at our service. Mm. And it was so, um, and, you know, it was just, it took us all by surprise because we've never had that happen. And that's, that's what God is showing us that there, are, the enemy's going to try things that we've ne actually never seen before. And we're in worship and there is this mocking spirit and, mm. It, the person, it was in a person's, it was in body form, but it came and it sat on the front row of the church. Mm. And finally, at some point, uh, you know, we get into this strategic war against what is occurring. And my husband went to ask that person to no longer do what they were doing. And she just flipped out and, and, and ran out of the building. Mm. Um, and I felt like it was just such the power of worship and our focus on God and our unwillingness to allow the demonic to interfere with our total focus into the Lord and what he had for us. And that worship, it brings just the power of breaking the enemy stronghold. And I know that we've read this a lot, that Second Chronicles 2020, where when the enemy was going against Jehoshaphat, the strategy of the Lord was you worship and I'll take care of the enemy. And he took, he went ahead and started routing the enemy before they even left the building. So when they went out, the Lord had already done work to destroy the enemy that was coming against them. I mean, think of this when we worship, it, it disarms the enemy and the Lord goes out before us because our focus is in worship and his focus is destroying the enemy that's trying to take us out of our position. You know, that's I like how you said it, it puts a force field around us because one of the revelations God gave me years ago about worship is we all know that the, there's worship goes around, uh, goes on around the throne of God in heaven 24 seven. It says it clearly in revelations. And so the easiest way for us to bring heaven to earth is worship. Because yes. when we're worshiping, we're in agreement with what's going on in heaven 24-7. And when we, that's why corporate worship, it's so easy to engage. It's so easy to receive. It's so easy to be focused. And I tell you what, everybody, do this in your own personal time. I've been spending more time at home in worship. I'll Thank put you. worship songs on, worship videos on. I'll do a lot where if it's a playlist, I don't always know the songs. I actually like that because then I worship in tongues. I, I'm worshiping in tongues a lot, even when I know the words. 
to well-known worship songs. It stirs me up so much. I'll start singing along by singing in tongues. And it brings the atmosphere of heaven to earth. If you want to shift an atmosphere, worship. It, it, it's what's going on in heaven. And when we worship here on earth, we bring the atmosphere of heaven into the earth. So I yes. love the strategic tactic of worship, Cindy. Yeah. All right, number seven, the strategy of testimony. Oh, wow. I love testimony. In our church, we have testimony every Sunday. We have testimonies. And, you know, it says in Revelation 12, uh, 11, it says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. You know, when we testify, what happens is it creates a breakthrough that everyone else can come into. So when I testify that I'm healed, what happens is it creates an atmosphere of healing that everyone can step into. When I testify that I've had a financial breakthrough, it opens up a financial breakthrough for everyone who hears the testimony. So we understand that testimony is like a hitting a gong. It sends a reverberation to everyone who hears the testimony that they can step in and get a breakthrough in that same testimony. And the enemy cannot steal in that time of testimony. He can't take away what God has done for you. And when you declare it, it empowers the people around you to step into that declaration and that breakthrough that you need to. So testimony is one of the most important things that we can do is share. What did God do for me? How did he give me healing? How did he bring me breakthrough? How did he bring my family back home? How did he help me start a business? How did he give me the strategy for my next uh, step and my next uh, project that I'm going to do? I mean, the testimony is like a a uh, a full composition of an orchestra piece. It is mm. everything of God. Uh, I love testimonies. It is like my yeah, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Well, I mean, it says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, which yeah. is exactly what you're talking about. When we testify of who our Jesus is or what our Jesus has done, we're actually declaring who he is, what he's like and what he does. Because, I mean, we, we, we throw around his name, the I am a lot, but I don't think we really get the power of how he's only present tense. So when we declare what Jesus has done for us, we're declaring who he is and what he's doing now. So when you share about all those different testimonies, we're declaring into the atmosphere, this is who our God is. I was taught many, many years ago by a very powerful revivalist who did huge miracle crusades all over the world. And he taught me the Jesus you preach is the Jesus who shows up. So wow. if you want a healing service, preach into the healing ministry of Jesus Christ. And you're not... It's not it's not a trick. It's a principle. When you testify of what our Jesus has done in the realm of healing, you are making an atmosphere of the present tenseness of the I am who still heals today. And it makes this atmosphere. So I really like this strategy of testimony. I mean, we see it with the, 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 the tribe of Israel in the Old Testament where they would build those monument with stones of where God had done something significant. And the picture I always have of that is an uncle with his niece or nephew or a grandfather with his grandson or granddaughter walking along the shores of, say, the Red Sea. And they point and say, what's that pile of stones there for? Oh, 
Let me tell you about what our God did to bring our people out of Egypt and into the promised land. And our God who did that then is the same God today. So now all of a sudden that kid goes, oh, so that thing I'm facing at school or that my family's facing. Yeah, God is the God of breakthrough. And if he can open the waters and bring us in to destroy the enemy here, he can do it there. I think the strategy of testimony, and I think we're going to get really creative. God's going to allow us to be very creative in how we share it. So, of course, we're going to see it in meetings where we're working miracles and you share the testimony and that increases the faith and more miracles break out. But I'm telling you, the sense I'm getting is God's going to give us subtle ways, powerful, creative, but subtle ways. We're not beating people over the head with, you know, the megaphone, you must get saved now. But we're going to be presented situations where we can conversationally share compassion, share love, share, share something of his personality that opens the doors with people who are wrestling to share how we've seen God move in those areas to bring all those walls down so we can pray and Jesus can show up. I think testimonies open the door to salvations out in the world way more than we're going to see testimonies used by God, even in the church, or maybe not way more, but just as much. Just as much true. And you said one thing that I just want to encourage everyone who's watching this, sharing the testimony with your children, your children's children, your grandchildren, just sharing. This is what God has done for our family. And this is how, you know, I first came to believe. And, and this is what Jesus done. He healed my thyroid. I mean, I have so many healings. That, and being able to share that. So it go ahead and seeds them, especially our grandchildren. I've got three little ones, one, two, and four seeding them so that they're expecting to encounter Jesus in their in their day-to-day -day life. If, if they have a boo-boo, let's just see tells me I can just put my finger on it and say be healed in the name of Jesus. You know, where it becomes the simplicity of relationship yeah. in our children's children that they grow up just naturally, of course, I'm going to ask Jesus what to do here. And that to me is, this is what we're seeing for the generation to come is, is making the relationship with Jesus is so simple. They don't have to do three things and jump over four things. When I was growing up, we basically had to get saved every Sunday. No one went anywhere until someone went down to the altar. So we got saved every Sunday when I was a little kid. But, you know, for the kids now to just know the realness of Jesus and how when they're scared, they can just say, Jesus, Jesus. And that brings mm -hmm. the power of presence into the room. And they they are raised up so that their children and children's children, it's just a natural immersion of Jesus in their life. Right on. That's awesome. All right. So number seven was the strategy of testimony. And that brings us to number eight of the eight strategies God gave you. The strategy of communion. Whew. That is, I love taking communion. Sometimes I do it. I'll go through seasons where I'll do it every single day, sometimes once a week. But the power of communion, it reminds us what Jesus has done. It reminds us of what the blood has paid for. It brings restoration within us when we take communion. I, I will tell you, I, I believe that that Psalms 23, 5 has taken on a whole new meaning when we talk about you have prepared 
a table before me in the presence of our enemy. When we sit in front of the Lord with the blood and the and the body, the enemy cannot cross over that line because we are in the very manifest presence of God. I mean, we live out of that anyhow, but that that agreement of communion of, of saying, this is my body given for you. Here's the blood that was poured out so that we can have life and life more abundantly. So it's not just eternity that we live for, right. but it's our every day in the power of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that we live out of. Communion is the greatest strategy of all. And, you know, I was taught that you couldn't take communion unless an ordained person gave it to you. And um, so we just break that life. Anybody else had that taught to them because we are royal priests and we have the power to sit before the Lord at his table and partake of his body and of his blood. And I would encourage you, if, if you're going through something, begin taking communion every single day. Sometimes take it two or three times a day. Just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you have for me today? Because there is power in the renewal of our bodies, of our minds, in the blood, in the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. I actually think communion is one of the most powerful tools, weapons that we have. I mean, God knows I love words and he does wordplay with me all the time. I'm sure I'm not the first one that's ever gotten this. But whenever I take communion, he reminds me that it's coming into union with him. You yes. know, communion's the invitation. Come into union with me. Refresh that union. And I love taking communion. I think, I think, we're, I think we're too familiar with communion by half. That it's became it became a ritual. It became something as opposed to what it really is, which is that intimacy with God, that coming back into union. You know, when I eat when I eat the body, I always think you're the Word made flesh. When I eat the body, I'm actually partaking of the touchable, tangible reality of every single one of your promises here on earth. When I drink the blood, I am drinking of the fullness of restored relationship. I'm drinking of the ability to be a hero of holiness, a radical of righteousness because of what you've given me. And I really meditate on all that as I take communion. And if you do that over and over and over again, whatever God has for you in communion, and it will deepen and it will grow. But as you take time to meditate when you take communion and let him bring deep truth of what this is doing in you and for you and will do through you, these things become second nature. So where communion used to take me 10 minutes for those that depth of revelation, now when I take it in a matter of seconds, the fullness of that is hitting me because it's been established. So I really, I, I want to echo what Cindy said. Ask Holy Spirit to make the gift and the power of communion brand new to you. It is something we can be awed by every time we take it. There is power in communion. All right, so Cindy, there were eight strategies for 2023. Identity, a foundational tactic. Um, tactical positioning. Strategic sowing. Tactical redirect. Engaging the word. Strategic tactic of worship the strategy of testimony and the strategy of communion. Powerful, powerful stuff for sharing that with us. In just a second, I'm going to have you pray for the audience as Holy Spirit leads. Pray for them for 2023. And um, if you want to, in regards to these strategies, 
But before you do that, please share with them where they can get more from you, where your church is, where they can come to church to receive from you, online where they can receive from you. I know after they hear all this and the wisdom that you're walking in, they're going to want more. So let them know, know where they can find more from you, Cindy. Well, I pastor a church called The Gathering. It's in Tarpon Springs, Florida, which is right outside of Tampa. So you can reach me there um, on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I have all my books on there. I just published a new book called The New Moves of God, which talks about everything. We were talking about new assignments, uh, new positioning. So check that out. And, you know, I just love just embracing everyone. So send me a message. You can check me out on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Cindy Stewart Live. And I have a TV show and YouTube's on there, uh, CTN Houston and Cindy Stewart Live on YouTube. Thank you. So everybody go there. If um, I'll try to post uh, uh, links in there as well in the description of the show. So it'll be easy for you guys because I want you to get as much from Cindy as you can. Cindy, would you do me a favor and please pray for our audience? Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I just, as Robert was saying that, this is my prayer for you today. First of all, that you would embrace the simplicity of the word and how it will not only protect you, but it will provide for you. It will heal you and restore you. And if anything, I would encourage you in this new year to be a consumer of the word because not only will it transform your life, but it'll transform the way you see, the way you hear, and the way you respond to everything that comes against you or even for you. So I just release that hunger for the word and that the new assignment that God has for you will be unopened like a, a, a hidden present and that as you unopen that gift you will understand that where you are now is just a taste of the wonder that God has for you in the future in Jesus name amen amen Cindy thanks so much for praying for everybody thank you for the time you took I know you've been busy you've been traveling you've been you've been doing all sorts of stuff. We really appreciate you took the time to share these eight strategies with us for 2023. Thank you so much, Robert. We love you guys. Been praying for y'all. I know that even, I even see for you, there is like this, uh, it's almost like, have you ever seen those uh, things that you open up and the swimmers pop out of the can really fast? That's why I feel like God's opening up wow. that can for you. And there'll be multiple streams that you hadn't even imagined coming to take you on places that you don't even have a dream for. Wow. That's a word for you today. Amen. I received that. Cindy, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And everybody, go to her website, catch her uh, TV show on the YouTube channel. Get as much of Cindy as you can. You will be blessed. Thank you, Cindy. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Thanks a lot. And hey, thank you each and every one of you for being here with me for this episode of Heroes Arise. One last thing I want to ask you to consider, go to roberthodgkin.com or menonthefrontlines.com and click that giving or donate button and sew into what we're doing around the world. We're going into new regions of the world. I'm, I'm, I'm just back from country 40 and 41 uh, that God has sent us into. We're creating all the media and all the content and all of it's free and all of it's for you. And look, hey, I know there's a lot going on. If you're not in a position to sow right now, that's absolutely okay. We're here for you. We believe in you. We want to pour into you. But if you happen to be one who can come alongside what we're doing, 
just go to roberthodgkin.com or menonthefrontlines.com. Click the donate button. Click the giving button. Consider a one-time gift. Consider partnering with us. We would greatly appreciate it. And you will receive heavenly benefits from coming alongside of what God's doing through this ministry. All right. God bless you guys. And I will see you back here again soon. for another. Ready for more? Go to roberthodgkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.